Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CMNF Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com slash podcast for more info. Hey, everybody. Will Sullivan here with another episode of Let's Cover That with my co-host, Antonina Agruza. And today we have with us Rafael Salazar, an occupational therapist and the principal owner of RehabU Practice Solutions. Rafi, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Of course. So tell us about your background and what led you to RehabU. Sure. Yeah. So I'm an occupational therapist by trade and was at the VA, the Department of Veterans Affairs, doing a lot of work on the uh, clinical side. I was running, I was a clinic lead and ran an outpatient specialty rehab clinic, which basically meant people that had issues that were not solved in primary care came to us, whether it be post-surgical or from a specialty clinic. And I was looking for just something else to do. I had been doing some leadership development and training at the VA and decided um, there was going to be more for me than just clinical work. And at that time in 2017-ish, a colleague of mine reached out and said, hey, I know, I know a guy. He's working in Georgia doing consulting with the Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities. One thing led to another. I ended up leaving the VA to become an independent healthcare consultant. And one of the main projects that I had done during my time at the VA was um, something called relationship-based care. So back in 2013, uh, the VA was in a bad way from a from a PR standpoint. They were not doing too hot. Um, there was a, the issue for, I think it broke in the Phoenix VA first and then kind of spread throughout where it became very apparent that it was a systemic issue and not a, a facility issue where you had veterans that were not being scheduled timely or appropriately, getting called back later, missing appointments. It was a big mess. So the VA rolled out this idea of relationship-based care. And the main idea behind it was that we were going to fortify the relationships within the care team with the eventual outcome being that those relationships would then spill over into clinical care and you'd get better clinical outcomes, more patient engagement, all of that. Well, about the time I left to go be an independent healthcare consultant, I thought, man, you know what? Like this idea of relationships in healthcare has a whole lot more applicability than just a, a health system that's like in crisis, like the VA was at the time. So um, I bottled up a lot of that work and started working with private healthcare clinics on my own, really around this idea that was rooted in relationship-based care and person-centered marketing and business uh, business development for, for for private healthcare clinics. And that's what I do now at Rehab U Practice Solutions. A lot of our work involves, you know, people might reach out to us for like front-end marketing stuff, but what we end up doing is, is working on the process of care. I, I say we're trying to make healthcare human again. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, making healthcare human again, Rafi. So, I mean, what does that look like with rehab you? What, what are you practically speaking when a clinic reaches out to you, you know, what, what are you doing with, with them? Sure. Yeah. So a, a lot of this is based off of the framework in my most recent book that was just published, which is called better outcomes, a guide to humanizing healthcare. Um, but basically what we're doing is, is taking what, what I call a bottom up approach. So if you look at healthcare in general, um, whenever you call a clinic or an organization and you say, hey, my name is Will and I've got back pain, um, can you see me? Um, most of the time, that healthcare organization, that clinic is going to say, okay, I need your, your name, your date of birth, your insurance information, who sent you to us, all of that kind of stuff. We're going to get all this admin stuff on the front end. And then maybe if there's time, we're going to say, okay, so tell me a little bit about that back pain and how it's, you know, how it's affecting your life. And then they'll get you scheduled. Um, 
what we do, taking a bottom-up approach, is we basically just flip that entirely on its head. So we look entirely and at the beginning with what we call the narrative experience of the patient. So we start with, okay, tell me about that back pain. How's it affecting your life? Um, what are some of the things you can and can't do? What are your goals for treatment? What are your expectations? Um, and then we kind of build on that so that the very first interaction that a patient or prospective patient has with a client um, or with the, with, the, with the clinic itself is a, a chance to express their narrative experiential perspective, right? They're able to tell their story. And then from that, we're building in that know, like, and trust that you need for patient engagement. Um, it increases the rates of patients showing up to their initial evaluation. And then after we get their narrative experience, then we move on to that, what I call the boring stuff, the stuff we need to do, the, the boxes we need to check in order to get you on the schedule. And that's just one example, handling like a, a first, uh, an inquiry phone call or something like that. But what we do is essentially work on the whole business, the whole, the whole clinic, so that we are taking a bottom-up approach, both in the marketing, in the onboarding, and in the actual service delivery itself, so that from the patient's perspective, they're entering a relationship with you or the organization, the clinic, uh, one that is truly based on caring about me as an individual as opposed to what my insurance will pay you, right? Rafi, how do you measure the success that RehabU is having with its patients and the impact you're kind of having on the OT side of healthcare? Sure. Yeah. We um, so we use uh, various measures. One of the big ones we use is a care survey, which is um, it's a standardized assessment. It's assessment. It's a questionnaire. It's like eleven questions, and it was developed by some uh, a university out in New Zealand, but they have national and international benchmarks for different. Uh, different disciplines. So we use the one for the allied health science ones. If we're working with PT and OT clinics, we use the ones for physicians. Um, I've done a couple projects with physician groups. Um, and basically what we do is we measure the patient's experience in that clinic kind of before the the project and then after the project, we kind of gauge and benchmark that way. And then there are the, the business metrics, right? Like revenue per visit, revenue per uh, total lifetime patient value, all of that kind of stuff we we work on. But from the, the patient experience side, we're really looking at something like a standardized measure, like the care survey or the care measure. So what do you, I mean, getting getting to that, like you're flipping, flipping it on its head from the administrator or essentially saying, hey, this is how we make money. So that's the first qualifying question for the clinic, right? And then you're flipping it into patient-centric you know, relationship based first and getting that narrative. But when you when you look at the total value of the client experience and how that drives revenue for the clinic side. So what what is the you know, outside of the like the heart forward piece of it from the ROI piece of yeah. it, how do you get like, you know, those folks in the building brick and mortar to buy into it too? what are the metrics that kind of win on that side? Yeah, the metrics that win on that side are the biggest one is course of care completion. So in the United States, the research kind of varies and has varied over the last 10 or 15 years, but somewhere in the neighborhood of five out of 10 to seven out of 10 patients, specifically in occupational physical therapy, that get referred for services don't complete their plan of care, which is like from a lost revenue standpoint is huge, right? Um, if three out of the 10 patients that you're seeing are the only ones that are going to complete their course of care, then you can't really bank on or budget on their potential revenue, right? So the big one of the big ones that we track is that uh, course of care completion. And then there's 
you know, clinic retention, which is, okay, this person has saw you for their shoulder, for example. Um, are they coming back to see you for their knee in a few months? Or like how, how often are you re-engaging with this patient over time? And we have some clinics who, uh, who have patients that have, they've, they've treated like four, four joints in the last year, right? They right shoulder, left shoulder, right knee, left knee type thing. Um, and that's invaluable as well, because from a marketing standpoint, you're going to spend much more money to acquire a new patient than you would re-engage an old patient. So, um, from a business development, looking at the numbers and ROI, it makes more sense to invest a little bit on the back end of the relationship building while they're in clinic and then reactivating them after they leave your clinic. So whether that be some kind of, you know, communication sequence or email sequence that you have set up, you want a way to track how many of those patients are coming back to you. Um, so for example, at the clinic that I run proactive rehab and wellness, so I own a, a PT and OT clinic. Um, we know that like 36, last time I ran the numbers, which was Q4 of 2022, 36 and some change percentage of the patients that were seen in that quarter in our clinic were return patients, um, return patients within the last six months. Um, and that's huge. So that those are patients that I didn't have to market to. I didn't have to go beg physicians for referrals for. I didn't even have to run ads for. They just called us back. You know, I saw you in, in you know, June for my knee and now my ankle hurts, you know, type thing. And that's great from a, from a business standpoint, right? So I have to ask, so for, as a business owner that you are of a clinic for PTOT, so when you see others get into this type of ramp up of adherence and kind of follow through from 50, you know, 50, 70% to, you know, 50 to 85% or 70 to 90%, what does that do with your team from like a headcount standpoint? Do clinics come back to you and say, Hey, Rafi, this is great, but now I have to hire five more people to actually keep up with this because we've been severely under budgeting for the patient population that comes through the door. Like, how's that work? Yeah, it's happened. <laughs> it's happened a bit, right? Um, and that's, uh, that's a good problem to have. But yeah, if you are taking, like, if you think about operating just at 50% capacity, so 50% of people are not completing their course of care, you double that. Let's say you get up to 75% of of the patients that you're treating are completing their course of care, then you're probably going to need to add at least one FTE. Um, and that, you know, that's a whole other branch of like, okay, let's put the, the recruitment uh, flywheel up. If you would, that, that lead generation and conversion for, for potential staff or, or prospective candidates. I think part of the process as well, when we work with clients is we kind of set up their whole, their, their front page, like messaging marketing piece on the patient facing side also speaks to clinicians. So we have uh, clinicians that reach out to us at proactive all the time saying, Hey, I read your website. Do you have any openings? So um, in a time like over the summer of 2022, when it was very hard to hire clinicians, they were leaving. It was not good. We had like a docket of four or five candidates that we knew that we wanted to reach out to at some point. And when we had somebody retire, we just reached out to them um, so there's there's a component of this that you do want to have in place um, to have a like a recruitment should always be part of your ongoing marketing efforts. I think one of the biggest mistakes I see is people trying to grow their clinics. They're adding patients, they're adding patients, they're adding patients. And then now what? <laughs> we've got more patients than we've got clini clinicians to see. So it needs to be a two-pronged approach. You need to be building the patient side 
the business and lead generation aspect, but then you also need to be thinking long-term about how are we going to have a sustainable source of clinicians that we can add to our team, bring into the fold, if you would, to kind of advance the mission of the organization. Yeah, that's really great. And that's really awesome perspective, just kind of on the onboarding of new clinicians. And, you know, there's just so much press about the like mass exodus of, you know, people in the healthcare system. Um, And to kind of wrap up the episode, we'd love to know what you think the future of healthcare is, you know, from your standpoint, you know, being both an occupational therapist and somebody that's created an awesome platform for other clinicians. Yeah, I'm I'm very hopeful. I think there's a lot of doom and gloom out there in the world. I'm one of those glasses half full guys. I love the potential that's out there specifically for occupational physical therapists to leverage things like technology. So remote patient monitoring, virtual health, all of that kind of stuff really has the potential to allow us to impact many more patients and many more people with less time. And some of the movements that we've seen from healthcare payers, insurance companies, to move more towards value-based repayment. I think a lot of people are freaking out about it, but the reality is like, I'm excited if I get a lump sum to pay somebody or to, to see somebody and I can get them done in like two or three visits with some virtual health in between, as opposed to like 16 visits where they're coming in the clinic and that's an hour of my time and all of this kind of stuff. Like as clinicians, we really need to start expanding our view of what what one, what like effective care is and leveraging some of this technology makes us much more effective as clinicians. Um, And then stepping into this role of, and I explained this in the book a good bit, the value that clinicians bring to the table is not so much the day-to-day treatments. It's not the technical skills. You know, like I work in the clinic one day a week now, one or two days a week. I love a patient that comes in and I know exactly how to like stretch their shoulder just right so they're not going to have pain. That's not really the value that I bring to the table. The value that I bring to the table as a clinician is the fact that I have 10 plus years of clinical experience and knowledge and I'm able to take all of that knowledge that would take somebody that's that doesn't know anything about the shoulder a lot of time of Googling and I'm able to take that knowledge and apply it to a specific patient in their specific situation. And that is the value that clinicians have. We have a bunch of knowledge and we're able to use it in specific situations. So thinking about some of these value-based payments coming up using technology, like clinicians need to start looking at themselves not as the doers of healthcare, but really the translators of knowledge for our patients. So leaning on those patient education, self-management, all of those tools that really empower patients to become the drivers of their own healthcare, as opposed to passive recipients of what we do for them. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, one of the things you touch on right there, just from a closing point from my end, is just that's how you get the scalability in when you have this crisis of do we have enough access to these different provider types in healthcare just broadly and oh yeah that's one way of doing it you get adherence with the patient they know how to do things on their own based on successful translation of information to them um, on top of virtual care and all these other aspects so it's it's amazing thank you so much for coming on yeah thanks for having me it was fun Thank you, Rafi. And that's another episode of Let's Cover That. Thank you.